Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast, where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement. For everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them with the good news of Jesus Christ. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 14. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. All right. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness, in the heat of my spirit. I want to read that again to you just so that you get it, get our mind focused on his word tonight. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. So God lifted him, God was moving him, but while he's in this move of God, he began to mingle God's spirit with his attitude. And his attitude caused him to overheat (laughs) in his spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Aren't you glad that God just doesn't walk away from you when you start becoming a jerk? I should get a better amen than that right there, right? Come on, we all have, right? Okay, verse 15. (laughs) Then I came to the captives at Tel Abib who dwelt by the river Kabar, and I sat where they sat. Look at that. I went down to the river, the, the business district, and he sat where the people sat and remained there astonished among them for seven days. Now it came to pass... At the end of seven days, that the word of the Lord came to me. Mm. Brady, I want you to come, if you would, and just pray that God will speak to us here tonight. And that, 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 that beyond what the preacher can do, but that the Holy Spirit would do. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together and listen to your word, Lord. I pray that you'd use Pastor Ward to, to give us the word you lay upon his hearts and that our hearts would be open to what you have for us tonight and that we would not go back the same way we came, Lord, but we would come and just be open to what you have to change our lives that we may go out and change the lives of many, Lord. We thank you and praise you for what you have done in our lives, God, and what you are going to do tonight, Lord. Let us come expecting in your holy name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you, Brady. Thank you. If you've been in Bible college or around a Bible college long, you'll definitely hear the reference to Isaiah. When Isaiah talks about the fact that God sees some problems in Israel, and the Bible says that God said, I was looking for someone who would go for me, but I found none. God's not surprised in the fact that there are people. What surprises God is that there are people, but none will go. God always has a people. His faithfulness is always demonstrated in the fact that he always has a remnant. He always has someone that he has, de- that he has put on the earth for their generation, for their people, for their time. But what shocks God is that when he goes to assign someone to go for him, he finds that no one will get in line. I think that we have overcomplicated, well, no, I'm going to take that back. I know that we've overcomplicated ministry. Quite honestly, ministry is simply leaving where you're at, going where the people are, and then coming back to the place that God has you. 
It's really as simple as going down and coming back up. If we were to have a fire here tonight, someone would call it in, and the firefighters would come from the station, they would rush to this building, they would come and do what they've been trained to do, and after the job is done, they would return back to the station. 2,000 years ago, Jesus left the pristine shore of heaven and he saw the fire of sin on the earth destroying the humanity that he loved. And so 2,000 years ago, he left on a mission and came and destroyed the power of hell and then he went back. In a week from today, over 70 men and women in this Bible college will be sent out. You'll be going to the highways and the byways. You'll go to the country. You'll go to the city. You'll see the young. You'll see the old. You'll minister to the people who have. You'll minister to the people who have not. You'll minister to people who know the Bible inside and out. You'll minister to people who've never opened a Bible. You'll minister to people who will want to receive from you. And I promise you, you're going to minister to people who don't want anything to do with you. But quite honestly, this is the ministry. Going out and coming back. Going out and coming back. I want somebody to hear this. You don't have to be perfect to go out and come back. But you do have to be obedient to go out and to come back. And whatever you do, whatever you do in this week, in this life, only thing that's going to last is what you do for him. I heard of a man that was, went out to eat with a billionaire. He'd heard that billionaire had lost millions that day. He actually texted the man. He said, you don't have to eat with me tonight. He said, no, I want to. So they sat down. And halfway through the meal, the billionaire began to tell the story of how he had lost millions of dollars. This man asked, he said, what's the lesson that you learned? And he said, the lesson I learned is that you know, the only thing you can never lose is what you give to God. If what you give is for people, if what you give is for comfort, if what you give is for grade, you'll always be able to lose it. But in these next 10 days, well, a week from today, I'm going to tell you everything you do for God, whether anybody recognizes it, whether anybody gives you the credit for it, trust me, some of you are going to do work that somebody else is going to get credit for it. That's part of impact. <laughs> We've designed it that way. You're not supposed to get the credit. Somebody is not going to, somebody's going to do nothing and get all the credit. Give God the glory. Amen. Because if you do it for should I have been that honest? <laughs> and look what happens with Ezekiel. In verse 14, I'm just going to go verse by verse, just hang with me. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 1, God shows himself in mighty power to Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 2, Ezekiel falls to his face before God. Ezekiel chapter 3, God says, stand back up. I've got something for you to do. I've got a real anointing. I've got something that I put you on the earth for. Get positioned. Get to Bible college. Get to the class. Submit your grades. Submit your homework. Do what you got to do to go on impact. And when Ezekiel went to go on his own impact trip, he started out pretty excited, but then he got angry. Now, you can't really blame him because God actually told Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 2, this is not going to be easy. The people are going to be obstinate. The people are going to be distracted. The people are going to play games on their phones. 
The people are not going to be excited. Somebody just put their phone away right there. We've got cameras. How stupid can you be? We have cameras. <laughs> you don't deserve to have a phone. <laughs> and so you would think that God would only call smart people, wouldn't you? So anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and so God says this is not going to be like a, a cakewalk. This is not going to be that everybody's just going to. Have you noticed when you drive up and down Route 11 that there are not hundreds of people just walk, standing on this in the in the ditch screaming, "Somebody show us Jesus." You know, it would be nice to only go places that everybody says, show me Jesus, but, but then you're going to have to go to some places that you know that it's going to take a little time, it's going to take a little prayer, it's going to take some fasting, it's going to take all the anointing. And when Ezekiel begins to think about the, the, the demonic and the religious activity that would prevent him, the Bible says something, he started right, he left on Friday excited, but by Tuesday, his attitude changed. And it's not just a message for tonight or impact. It's a message for me to warn you that if you're not careful, you will do God's work your way. I'm here to warn you that you have to be careful because you can do the right thing the wrong way. Take it from somebody who knows. I want to warn you, <laughs> because sometimes, I don't sense that in, these, in, in the freshmen, the sophomore, the juniors, the seniors. I'm not saying this because I sense it, but I'm saying this in case you ever get tempted to do it. But, but I have found in the past, Dr. Bell, that some of the people who want to correct the most haven't even got a bachelor's degree. I found that some of the people who want to correct everybody is somebody who can't be corrected themselves. We cannot be ruled by our attitudes. We need to be led by the anointing. Hello, hello. You can say all the right words. You can even do it in King James. But if it comes from a bad spirit, it's going to feel bitterness. And I've met people who started with good intentions, but because their attitude, unforgiveness, too offended, uh, uh, broken, un unhealed, insecure, can cripple broken people with a message that God gave them. How many just glad that that's not going to happen to you tonight? Come on, that's something that's not going to happen to us. It's not gonna, no, no. See, a generations before us have done that. And it's so veiled. It is so veiled. We, we, I've got an angry anointing. No, you're just angry. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just a righteous prophet. No, you're just a righteous jerk. <laughs> we were just, they were reminding me of this in the room, the other, in the office the other day. I've, I've had four books that I want to write, and every one of them, they came to me when I was in a really bad mood. <laughs> One, how to raise a backslider. <laughs> I need to write it. I'm not writing that till I retire because I'll lose half the church. <laughs> Number two, there's no medical cure for jerk. <laughs> Dealing with the flesh in the modern day church. Number three, not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> there's some of you just staring at me. You're not my monkey. You're not my circus. <laughs> And what was the fourth one? Things that only make sense in church. 
How stupid can you be and still go to heaven? I'm going to find out. <laughs> now, can you see maybe a little bitterness in my spirit as I'm telling you all these things? Maybe that's why I don't write them. Right? You know they're true, but you can know the right thing, but if you do it the wrong way. What does the Bible say about a giver? He likes a cheerful giver. You can do the right thing, but do it the wrong heart, and God won't honor it. You see, you can take an ice pick and a little ice pick. I heard Noel Jones say this. You can take an ice pick and stab it into a person's heart and kill them. Or you can take a scalpel that's about the same size and open a man's chest and save his life. The accuracy is not in the instrument. It's in the one who holds it. The same song sung by one person with the most glorious voice can do nothing for the room. Somebody with the same song with a better anointing and a better spirit, not quite in tune, can lift a room from glory. That's what we had tonight. These were all great voices, but it was the anointing that lifted people from glory to glory. And I got thinking as I was watching the worship, I got thinking as I was watching the choir, I got thinking about this. I said, Lord, maybe, maybe we will see a holy generation that knows how to consecrate prayer live holy, keep a good spirit and mix some talent in it maybe we can have it all and change a generation before Jesus returns maybe maybe we can be great preachers and great dads maybe we can be great singers and great students maybe we can be great leaders and great roommates no come on Come on, this board. I'm pleading with you. It's my voice. I got. It's not. It's not COVID. Trust me. But I'm just saying, it's exhausting to be one thing on the stage and another thing in the cafeteria. It's exhausting. It is wearing. And that's why you need to be here because your online pastor is never going to correct your, your, your in-person attitude. That was good right there. Somebody ought to tweet that. Your online pastor will not correct your in-person attitude. I'm gonna, if I say it again, I'm going to get proud. <laughs> but that was, that's good right there. We need people around us that say, hey, man, I see you getting a little off. I see your attitude's getting lax. Somebody needs to call somebody out with a good spirit with a good spirit. You see, it is easier to have a message. It is a process to become a messenger. Let's try that again. Anybody can get a message, but what this generation needs is a messenger. Because your message will get you on the stage once. The messenger will get you back on the stage the second time. Like, like some people are good once. Did you hear that? What I'm talking about is longevity. Why do some people go from church to church? Because they won't go through the process of becoming the messenger. Where am I? What is going on? 
like I can only hear about half of everything. It sounds like there's 14 babies. Is there, are they all out there? What, preach? Okay, no, I'm fine. I'm just, the way my ears are, it sounds like, I, like I'm in the, I'm in the uh, baby floor at Eastern Maine. It's getting louder. Is it, no, no, I'm fine. I, I can handle babies, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I, it doesn't bother me at all. It just, my hearing, it makes me think like there's a, a herd of them. <laughs> or if they're going to start crawling in here. <laughs> Back on the holy stage. So we've got to stop, put, we've got to put away our messages, I'm disappointed in you. We've got to put away our messages that I've got to rebuke you. We got to put away our messages. You got to clean up your act. And what we need to do is clean up our act and look ourselves in the mirror. And before we ever declare what the world needs, we better find out what God says we need. Hallelujah. And I want to come with clean hands and a pure heart on the mountain of God so that the people can hear a pure word from heaven. I know you did your hair. I know your hair's done good. Your hair looks good. Your brow, eyebrows look good. Your lipstick looks good. You got the fade. You got the right sneakers. You got the right jeans. But do you have the anointing? Because none of those things right there can set the captive free. But if you get it in here, you can get it out there, and you'll have a place for ministry. But the hand of the Lord, verse 14, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives at Tel Abib, who dwelt by the river Chibar, Chibar, Kabar, sorry. And I sat where they sat. Believe, me, believe it or not, guys, I'm almost done. And I remained there astonished for seven days. Ever been through something that changes your life? Ever been through something that once you went through it, you look at other people who went through it differently? Anybody here raised without a dad? Just raise your hand. You're raised without a dad. These people who are raised without dads, they feel different when they hear somebody else say, I was raised without a dad, in a way that I can't say I feel, because they've been there. And they say the best nurses are those who've had surgery done on them. Some of you ladies that have had doctors and nurses, the female medical workers, You've had, you know the difference between a nurse who comes in who's had a baby and a nurse who's come in that hasn't had a baby. Hello? That's why female nurses, I would think, would be the best on that floor. Because <laughs> men still can't have babies. <laughs> Did you hear? I know that's incredibly controversial. <laughs> no uterus, no baby. That was free. We have, to, we have to get this, this in our spirit that we have to feel what we feel, what they feel. I, I remember several times my wife and I were out of the country uh, for this missions thing, and there would be a couple times that one of the kids when they were younger would call. And here we are out of the country, and they're crying. You know, of course, I didn't want to be out of country anyways. There's two places I want to go for the rest of my life, Maine and heaven. <laughs> no, I don't think, well, I don't, then leave my state. I'm here because there's nobody here. 
you're a hick. Well, okay. <laughs> but country boys shall survive. <laughs> and so I wanted to leave immediately. immediately for other reasons. But even her is like, we would leave the best situation. Not for, not, I was going to say not for church people, but we have done that before. We have, we've left, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> In Jesus' name, don't do that. That's a whole nother message. What message am I on right now? I can't hear the babies crying anymore, so I don't know what happened to the babies. Like, now I'm wondering, uh, did I do something wrong? Have they, have they, <laughs> anyways. And so, if it was one of you, we probably wouldn't come back, but for our own, no matter how good it was where we're at, we were willing to leave that for them. You know why Jesus left the perfection of heaven? Because he loves us. You know why Ezekiel sat where they sat? He had to sit down and feel what they felt. And when you feel what somebody feels, and I know ministry isn't all feeling. Like I just said, you can't, you can't run your ministry on attitude. But you must run your ministry on compassion. You must. The anointing will not fall on anything that's not love. It's compassion. Imagine if Mike and Joy and Richard were in the store. How many children do you have? Let me count. <laughs> you need a calculator? Nine. Imagine if Mike and Joy and Richard were in the store and they turned around and one of the children left. Let's imagine that they're in a very busy store and it's a very large location. And they, where is the child? Who do you want me to use? I know it happened. No, 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 you're not. This was an illustration. I know it happened, but now they know it happened. <laughs> I was just saying for instance, but whatever. The Spirit of the Lord is here. <laughs> so for illustration's sake, which child could it have been? Elizabeth, all right. Let's just say, hypothetically, they're in a store, and there was at a, I won't say what store it is, but it ends with Mark. And it rhymes with Paul. <laughs> Was it Walmart that we were? Yeah. No place I'd rather be than here in Walmart. Than here in Walmart. The panic. Can you imagine the panic? But imagine if Mike said, ah, we've got eight others. <laughs> <laughs> like if she was the only one? <laughs> you know, that's kind of like what it is, though, when we don't take every soul as valuable. He said, I'll leave the 99 for one. That's how we have to, when you sit where they sit, you don't see 99. You see one, and you feel what they feel. 
you not only feel what they feel, you feel what God feels. And I, I just, it's such a simple message. And, and one, if you're going to storm the gates of hell, you're going to have to contend with your attitude. Either pride or insecurity or whatever it is. Because you're going to be asked to do things that you think maybe are below you. But if you're too good for that, you're too good for anything. And you just got to, why, why, do, why do some people do what they got to do? Because when they feel it in their spirit, it's what, it's what the people, I'm not old, I'm very young. But there's a lot of old people I know. And they taught me there's this thing called a burden. It's a burden. It's not a, not a negative thing. When we hear the word burden, we think of an, oh, such a burden. You know, all these hard, it's a burden. It's taking me, it's taking me three seconds to download this picture. It's such a burden. It's such a burden. I have to, I have to punch in a four number code to my phone. It's such a burden. I'm not talking about those real life problems. It's such a burden. So I got to get up at, like prayers at eight. It's such a burden. But what I'm talking about a burden is something gets in your heart. And you're just like, man, I can't sleep until I pray. I can't eat till I get a breakthrough. I can't give up until I see that happen. I can't be comfortable anymore. I, I, I'm just telling you, because when, 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 when Ezekiel sat where they sat, the Bible says he was astonished. You don't know what you would do if you weren't in their shoes. You don't know how you'd handle it if you didn't know how they were handled. Right? You know that, right? Until you walk in a mile in a, mile in a man's shoes. I, I can be critical, but I'm telling you, when I take the time to sit in somebody's shoes and sit where they sat and know how they got handled and know what they somebody did and how it feels to feel that and how to think to think that and then so you just you just can't you can't you just can't label people anymore and you just can't bash people anymore and you just can't you can't talk about homosexuality like it's a political subject it's a spiritual subject and it's something that needs to be handled spiritually not politically yes. doctrine denominationalism we have to be careful because there are many of us that think we're winning arguments, but we're lo losing souls. And I don't give a rip how many likes or follows you get. What I want to know is who's getting to heaven. Because we can have our attitudes and do our social media stuff and feel emboldened by it, but there's a bitterness behind that. And don't think likes overcome bitterness. God doesn't look at likes. God doesn't look at shares or retweets. He looks at spirit. And so does the world. Ezekiel said, if I hadn't sat where they sat, I'd have gone forward with a mighty ministry in bitterness. But when he sat where he sat, what, look what happens. When he sits where he sits, and he's astonished at what they're going through. Take the time. I find it interesting that Simon the sorcerer, so much for a short message, huh? 
I find it interesting that Simon the sorcerer had enough discipline and, 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 and interest in the culture that he figured out everything that they wanted and he provided it. While churches just sit by and say, well, if you don't like what we have, you can go somewhere else. That's not compassion. That's lazy. That's lazy. The world is exhibiting more compassion to the culture than the average church is. They're studying the people. They're analyzing the people. They know what makes them tick. And we just want to know what color the carpet's going to be next. Hello? I'm talking about 21st century ministry, not social media ministry. When we take the time to sit where they sit and listen to what they say and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. And the Bible says, and God gave him a word. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus into the darkness. I just want to speak the name of Jesus into the families. I want to speak the name of Jesus into the capital. Come on, somebody. I want to speak the name of Jesus into perversion. I want to speak the name of Jesus into confusion. But there's got to be something that changes in our culture because the rate we're doing it now is not working. I pray that God will pour out his spirit in us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Not we love what we look like. We love what God looks like in somebody else's life. When we become more concerned about what God does in others than what he's doing in us. Because when you get a word, you can talk yourself out of anything. You know what you are? You're a hostage negotiator. How do you like that? You, you, you feel like you're cut for that? A, yeah, a little bit? Oh, okay. Well, I might need you someday. I've been in some counseling meetings. I felt like a hostage. <laughs> you know what a hostage negotiator does? They find out that Sam's in trouble. He's being held hostage by you. You look like a hostage taker. <laughs> but I got to talk him out of holding you. You know what? The enemy's taking hostages. Nice to have a man around I could slap. <laughs> I'm afraid I'd break the rest of you. <laughs> it's skinny guys and babies I'm offending here tonight. I'm really hitting it really hard. <laughs> Come on, I want, to, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. When, you, when Jonah got a word, Jonah talked himself out of the belly of a whale. When the prodigal got a word, he, walked, he talked himself out of a pig pen. I'm telling you something. You need a word. Daniel got a word, and he prayed himself through the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got a word, and they walked through the fiery furnace. I'm just telling you, you get a word, you can walk out of anything. Can I tell you? that the world won't mind if you do signs and wonders. In fact, 
The government did not tell the disciples, stop healing, stop delivering, stop helping the blind see. They said, stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And they said, over our dead bodies, it's the only power we have. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. I preach the name of Jesus. I sing the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. I set you free in the name of Jesus. We'll change the nation in the name of Jesus. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Lift him up. Lift up Jesus. 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 Come on, lift him up. Praise him. Magnify him. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to change this world. If you'd remain standing, let me just say this to you about the Jesus that we're talking about. There are two times we read the, of the judgment seat. Willie, if you'd stand over here. Christian, if you stand over here. Okay, ready? Eight, one, two, three, four, five, six. Look, I'm swiping with my finger. Seven, eight, that's powerful. Nine, ten, that's powerful. One, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Ah, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Come this way. Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. 24, 25, 26. Sorry, you good. Come here, come here. Just come in here. Get in. Just stand in front of these guys. Make two lines if you want to. It's okay. It's okay. You might want to sit down to see this. I apologize. Just make. I want you to see something. I want you to see something. What's this? Uh, uh, I'm concerned. Taking off my coat, it doesn't mean anything except I'm hot. I'm concerned because I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back and we got to get this message right. Got to get it right. Right? Come on, we got to get it right. I'm so sick of people being so casual. Well, it's no, I got to get it right. Well, I got this and I've been, I don't care. I don't care. The message is the message. Well, you got to eat, eat the meat, spit out the bones. I'm getting chicken nuggets. There ain't no bones in that. I'm getting the real thing. <laughs> what a stupid statement concerning doctrine. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Jesus didn't die so you can choke on bones. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to add another subject. Two times. Wait a minute. Ezekiel, I'm giving the, somebody pray for the camera people. Ezekiel sat where they sit so he could feel what they felt so he could see what they see he could hear what they hear he could sense what they sense two times there's the judgment seat referred to in the Bible the seat of judgment two times mercy seat mentioned 26 times Let's see how my math is. 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 24, 25, 26. Let's go sit down. Get out of this line. <laughs> 
I got to recalibrate my finger. I, I, I got to. <laughs> you know what my message ought to be? 26 times more mercy than judgment. That's soft. No. Jesus died on the cross so that I could preach mercy. There's blood on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. There's blood on the mercy seat. I said there's blood on the mercy seat. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to sit where he sits. Oh, I'm going to... Someday, Jesus will sit down on the judgment seat. Someday, in the future, he will sit down and he will judge. But today, he sits on the mercy seat. And that's where I'm going to sit. That's where I'm going to live. That's what I'm going to preach. Judgment's coming, but mercy is now. now. Somebody shout, now is mercy. In light of judgment, we preach mercy like never before. So the judgment moves us, but it's not the message. The message is that Christ came to reconcile all men unto him. Is anybody here glad that you got mercy long before judgment? Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to know more about Faith Bible College International, please go to faithbci.org. And find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference.